Bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Welcome to the After Things podcast. I'm Andrew Main, joined by Brian Brushwood. Hello, beautiful people. Justin Robert Young. Hello, everybody. It's me, Justin Robert Young. Dateline 2017. Three independent creatives gathered together to give you the inside sauce on everything they did wrong. Well, that's going to be the premise. I just got to say, I walked by, there's a, across the street from there's a bar called Sardo's, famous for what they used to call a porn star karaoke night. Um, which guess who would go do karaoke there? Uh, but, uh, I saw there was a magician appear, a mentalist appearing there named Robert Young. Oh yeah. Whoa. I'm like, ah, ready? Wait, what, wasn't that, uh, wasn't Adam Carolla? Yeah, we were just, uh, we were just having a nostalgia bomb over the fact that it was seven years ago that we were at the Magic Castle together, you and me, Andrew Bain. During that time was when we got booked on the Adam Carolla podcast. And you I, and Justin. Uh, yeah, me and, sorry, me and Justin, uh, and, and, uh, Adam, technically Brian got booked. Justin just kind of showed up. Yeah. But then, then meanwhile, Justin <laughs> dominated the conversation because Adam Carolla was obsessed with, with yeah. your name being Justin Robert Young. You're like, wasn't Robert Young an actor in the seventies? Oh, no, he was, he was obsessed with the fact that I didn't know who Robert Young, the actor was. And yeah. was and, and just kept berating me that that I should know and that Robert Young was a huge star and that it was offensive that that the folly of my youth uh, would would not know that Father Knows Best star uh, Robert Young was a person. <coughs> okay, old man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Amen. Oh, I ain't gonna very, say that. It was very much, and as a huge fan of the show, especially at the time. It was on one hand, it's like, oh, it's one of those classic Adam Garola's old uh, rants. And then you just realize it's like, no, he's serious and he's yelling at you. And you should be like, <laughs> yes. You know, we can't all be up on the on the fatty Arbuckle history. <laughs> I know, Jesus. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, so the premise for today, the discussion is, we mentioned this prior, is the idea of what? Uh, what what do you know that you're not doing? You know what what what's the place we talk about this like oh here's advice and then there's a thing like yeah I'd be great advice if I took my own advice but I don't so I suck. This one is slam dunk guaranteed for me, uh, and it is only more keenly aware as we move we hurdle ever closer to tax season, but just automating and keeping better track of of my deductibles when you are independent it's up to you to find everything that you can deduct from everything else and it's like i just always hate the tax season uh not only because you know you, you have to pay when you are uh, <laughs> not paying taxes throughout the year but also because there is just this like dripping in sweat terrifying you know four days where i'm just pouring through every credit card transaction i've ever had and putting stuff together so I can then give it to somebody else. Like I don't even do my own taxes. I do enough of the work to give to somebody else. And that is terrifying, uh, especially considering I should just be able to automate a lot of this. I should just be able to do this each month. I should be paying quarterly. It would be probably easier for me to pay quarterly, but I never do because it's just like, Oh God, why would I want to spread four terrifying days when I can just have one? 
I'll tell you what, man. Uh, there, there was that that I don't know four or five days where I was hanging out with uh, Grant Thompson, the King of Random, probably the hottest thing on YouTube right now. You've probably seen him do a billion videos, but uh, but he really does just wake up and think of a project that day. Like, hey, I've got this idea for two or three projects. Let's let's go to Walmart. Let's go to Goodwill. Let's go whatever. And he really would every single time he bought any one thing, he would log it and take a picture of the receipt and then crumple up the receipt and throw it away. And he knew that there was no chance he would forget to have that be a deductible expense down the road because he knows right there in that moment, he was definitely buying it for the intention of using it on the show, whether he used it or not. There's no after the fact, like, well, I don't know of this $3,000 of Amazon. Eh, some of that was watching movies and some of that was selling this other thing. Like, he seemed to have a blissful monk-like peace about him that came with using one of these logging apps that, that that just every single thing he ever touched ever, it was just part of the the five seconds he had to do and then never had to think about it again. Yeah, and there are there are plenty of them. Expensify is one of them uh, people are suggesting in the chat room, and uh, I am aware of them, and I don't do it because I'm bad at taking my own advice. Uh, you know what? You are not alone <laughs> because I definitely have spent 20 years now in the exact same position. Uh, yeah, no. Wow. 20 years. And um, uh, uh, finally, uh, uh, only the last year has been the place where it – let me put it this way. It took 20 years to get to a point where I was finally willing to budget – that that fantasy that 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 most of us have of somebody else being the adult with money and hire because you hire an accountant to do your taxes and then you present the story to your accountant. But uh, like this is my first year of doing a bookkeeper as an intermediary where a bookkeeper just knows just watches everything come in and categorizes and then calls a, 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 from time to time saying, what was this? And then you're like, it was that. And then, you know, she puts it in the categories um, I, I, I have a low grade fear that is amplified because I'm not even the one in charge of telling the story. Somebody else is in charge of telling the story and I get to find out, you know, in the next month or two, what kind of story she tells. So taxes, 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 taxes. Uh, I would say that with me, it comes down to, I say this a lot on my Periscope sessions that we have to focus, that you can have a lot of different projects, but if you don't focus on one, um, then you're going to be spread all over the place. And I find myself doing this again and again. The other day I sat down and said, right, let me just write down on a piece of paper all the things I'm supposed to be doing right now, the things I need to be doing right now. And, you know, I list them like, all right, here's the list. I'm like, oh. Wait, there's one more. Let me add that there. And then I'm like, okay. And now I want to add another project. I want to add another project to this list. So that's been kind of my thing lately is have that list of not the things I want to do, but the things that I'm actively told people know I'm doing this right now. And it's frightening because <laughs> it's like, you know, that I the problem with being creative people is we have that, hey, you know, I uh, I have a creative solution to this thing that I don't want to do, so I'm going to go do something else. And then you want to go do the other thing, and then the other thing's going to abandon. You never finish anything. So 
I would say that, you know, what I'm trying to do right now is finish and get the things done that I'm trying to do and not use something else as an escape boat. You know, it's like, oh, I'm just going to go hop on board this you know, jettison thing, everything else away, or just pretend I need a timeout. That, that is the, and Justin and I were talking about this. I, I, I don't know if we've talked about this on after things, but one of the, both Justin and I are transitioning or as, as all three of us at some point have enjoyed the seductive life of constantly moving gig to gig. And, and along with that, not only having, you know, people clap for you and, and, and the electricity of being live on stage, but more importantly, more seductively to me, the electricity of feeling like there's nothing in the world you're supposed to be doing right now, except for what you're doing, whether that's playing Hearthstone on a plane, being live on stage, making a joke or waking up at 4am to move to the next place. Like that is the real seduction of all of that. Uh, do we talk about the hangover of transitioning away from that? Uh, I, I don't know if we've, if we've talked about it, but certainly it's the idea that like, you know, deadlines can pass, calls can go unanswered, decisions can be delayed. And ultimately, in, in in the court of public opinion, you can always say, I call exhibit gig. And, and, yes. and you know, that's like, all right, well, you got a card that is better than exhibit gig because if you do, I'll apologize. If not, I'm going to shrug my shoulders. Well, and, and I guess that's that's what I'm asking, Andrew, is is are you because it used to be that all of us had that that immediate out, like no matter what thing we knew we really should be doing, we could just be all like, well, I got a gig. You know, when I worked on, you know, the the A&E show, that show, that was uh, certainly like I knew that I could put everything else on hold. You know, I could tell everything because you won because like I had a commitment like this has to be thing like even writing books. You know, I made sure I finished uh, my International Thrill Award nominated book, uh, Name of the Devil, before we started production on that show. So that I would not be distracted and even things like my RSS feed. And I'm like, I, I can ignore this. You know, the only thing I have to really make sure to do is I pay my bills. Other than that, I can just focus on this thing because it's the one thing I need to do. And that is pretty freeing, you know, to have this is the thing. This is the thing I have to do. And I think that's one of the problems that like when people come back out of the military or out of prison is that you realize that life is, you know, 50 or 60 sloppy decisions a day. You know, things that you sort of have to maybe do this or do that there and then, you know, wishing for the simplicity of that. And I think that's part of the appeal. Like, why do people like Star Trek so much? It's like, yeah, you just put on a uniform. You show up for duty. You're done. You know? Yeah. yeah. Do your thing. People will tell you, oh, turn the uh, Felipe flubber and you'll do <laughs> yeah. it. You just play in space team all day. I don't see what the big deal is. Yeah. Why? Well, I, 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 and I understand like the appeal of like, so I'm watching Ash versus Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. And in it, sort of the premise is he's got his uh, his uh, car, his Delta, Oldsmobile Delta that he drives around, and attached to the back is his trailer home, which is uh, monstrously bigger on the inside than it looks like from the outside. <laughs> I noticed that as well. I love that. Um, but uh, you're like, man, that's just such a simple life, you know. You just drive around. You got your you got your life in the back. I mean, you're living in a you know, in a, a, a crappy trailer that doesn't even say Airstream because you know, they didn't want the rights issues. But I mean, you look at that simplicity and so much of what we like about TV and things that are very appealing is this very compartmentalized, simplified life where they're not worried about these other things. Like, yeah, you know, maybe maybe Buffy has to fight vampires, but then she gets to be this, you know, pretty cheerleader in high school. And isn't that cool? And isn't that sort of ideal? I mean, and 
you know, we were attracted to those things. I, I look at like, you know, even Buffy, it's like, oh, Buffy had a gig where she had to kill a vampire and then the gig is over and her one job is to celebrate the gig being over. You know, what a wonderful life that we used to live when we were on the road. <laughs> um, for me, though, so I, I recently had an interesting discussion and I want to pull Bryson on this okay. because like absent gigs, there's another kind of avoidance behavior that I engage in. Or, or that I thought was negative. And then recently Bryce was like, hey, man, I noticed you're not engaging in this avoidance behavior. I'm like, but it's oh, a, yeah. an avoidance behavior. It can't be worth anything. He's like, no, it's mm-hmm. the most important thing you do outside of the, the content. And I was like, what? Sure. Um, you know, waking up at home, it's like, well, I can either file taxes. I can either write, answer these emails. I can either do all this hard stuff or – I mean, there's all these comments on YouTube that need answering, and there's all these Twitters that need answering. And I suppose I should really tend to the Modern Rogue subreddit at modernrogue.reddit.com. And uh, look at me, I'm working. I'm getting that serotonin hit every every 200 keystrokes. Um, and I have really spent the last half year feeling like it was all a form of masturbation, that it was all avoidance tactics, that it was all like you know, simulated, uh, work. And, uh, but meanwhile, Bryce, you, you were saying that you felt like, no, it's the most important work because what you're really offering in all of your products is access to you. And, and oh, yeah. that's the hard work is showing up in the salt mines and, 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 and shaking hands. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, I don't know, over the past couple of months, I had just noticed that we had had less comments like on YouTube, on YouTube is where it's very, um, uh, like noticeable because like, YouTube, whether organically or not, always like rises up stuff where the where the the channel, if the channel replies to your comment, they just kind of float up a little more, a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I noticed that there was less of that, and I wasn't sure if it, it was just like, oh, maybe spending time on other things or what. But you know, I I think that as like as we are doing more like a uh, uh, ground floor content creating and 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 having access to all of our viewers and listeners. Like y'all being available is like the biggest thing, right? Like it, it, it's, it, I, I, there's no air of like being, uh, you know, uh, so busy that you just can't reply. Like you do reply to everybody on Twitter and we're, and we're not like, at the level where we could just, you know, point to our big budget movie and, and have that be the reason why we're right. not responding to everyone. Right. Uh, and I think it's also just like all of y'all's personalities to be very personable and and you know uh, and engage with the community so much and uh as as you know we're winding down things like the giveaway videos and trying to shift a lot of those interesting bits and and benefits for the viewers to reddit and comment sections like i think it is especially in our case very important to like have the thing that says your name on it have something that you wrote versus like me or somebody else writing stuff in your outsourcing it down there right so that's all right. So I need a judge's ruling from you guys. Is 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 social media a black hole that you can always decide is an important part of your job and you can no, avoid? No, 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 stop it! I'm not. This is a faulty okay. premise, and you're literally just like this is this is the wrong way to even frame this. Okay, it is a job. Yes, you should do it, uh, but it is the job that you found easier. Yes, easy. It was yes. easier than doing taxes. It was easier than answering the emails. And, and it was more of a direct thing because of the weird nature of what comments are, right? Either you could provide a very simple 
answer. Everyone usually is uh, happy to hear from you or they're not happy because they're like lighting you up, but you get that little bit of righteous indignation of giving them the little, you know, what for. Um, but so like, yeah, that is a thing. You should carve out time for it, but that's not necessarily to me antithetical to like, okay, but how do you get better at doing your taxes and how do you get better at answering the emails? Right? Like, like those are, they are all important, but don't like, because you, you, you want to like, like raise the, 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 the market price of like, well, looks like this is too rich for my blood. I'm not going to do it. And it's like, oh, we should do it. Great. It's back on the menu. We've just dropped the price of what it takes for me to do this. And now I'm all on board again. Like, like, like that's just your own, uh, you know, in, in, in your own head when really the bigger problem is how do you do the stuff that you don't want to do? Yeah. Cause in a zero, it is a zero sum game. you the amount of time you have in a day, but it's not, it's not you, you know, giving yourself a wank. Like you are actually doing a benefit for it, you know, by by engaging. So I think, at least in moderation, and finding because you know, like Open Bayou says, if you spend all day on it, then yes, it's a black hole. But if you find time throughout the day or little little moments, like if if the other things aren't getting done, it's a problem, right? You know, and that's what it comes down to is that is there is there that list? I got that list of stuff that I need to get done. If that stuff ain't getting done because I'm doing this other thing, then that's a problem. I did have this every now and then, like I'll open up Instagram and I'll start liking things, and I had this sort of thought, like, man, like thirty years from now, do I want to be doing this? You know, do I do I want to like I'm liking this because it's my friend. They've only got two likes and I want to make sure that somebody likes this. Uh, you know, man, by the way, uh, you want you want to talk about things that we are not doing that we should. I am horrible, unforgivably horrible about likes. They cost me nothing. They make other people's day. And I am I am insanely stingy. I don't know why. Like it just never occurs to me to like an Instagram post or 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 a or a, a tweet or whatever. I do that all the time on Twitter. Like I will, you respond to me anything to me. I will almost always do that, and it's my way of saying I read this. And I may not have anything to respond or say. I might be busy. I might be in a checkout or whatever. But I always, and that was I forget who it was, but somebody once years ago on Twitter first started, and somebody who I thought I looked up to liked something I said, and it made me go electric i'm like oh cool and i'm like there's no response but like they read it you know and that was cool and so i said oh i do that now because i want you to know i read you uh all right so i am uh uh hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna get my numbers right here and i'm gonna make a pledge right now that i'm gonna be better than i am starting starting now if i read it i'm just gonna like it left and right uh, uh, everything in your timeline or not, replies? not everything, but, 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 every, but th- that will become part of my con- my default action. Uh-huh. If like, if, like, if it just says, please follow me, I'm not going to like, you know, like those are just, yeah, sure. I don't know. That's creepy. Although I'll probably follow you anyway, because you care enough to ask. <laughs> uh, I will follow you, but I won't like it. But like my default, <laughs> uh, liking action, um, okay. Right now, let me compare for you some numbers. Um, there, there is somebody who uh, his like game is on point, and it's not me right now. My numbers, uh, it's it, it says here, oh geez, tweets seventy four thousand, uh, likes forty five. Okay, whoa, that's pretty bad. What? A pretty stingy bad. Bastard. I just, I just oh never. Oh my god! I never. 
thought about it. I never thought about it. And this is my come to Jesus moment, okay? Uh, I have 29,000 tweets and 24,000 likes. Okay, that's wow. healthy. That's a healthy ratio. Do you think you know, so? You know who has the best ratio? Uh, who has the best ratio? I don't know. Somebody who tweets 32.5,000 but likes 144,000. And you, do you guys know who that is? How could anybody no. know who that is? Uh, hey, you got a guess? I don't know. Ashton it's, Kutcher? Uh, Kevin Smith. Okay. Kevin Smith has tweeted. I was shocked that I've tweeted more than twice as much as Kevin Smith because in my mind, he's always the chatterbox on Twitter. Uh, but he likes five times as many tweets. Uh, uh, that Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. At that Kevin Smith. Um, he likes five times as many tweets as he posts. And so I'm gonna. that's going to be my new goal. Is to find new places to tweet or to, to like uh, any, any and everything. Go uh, on random people's pages and their ads and like the like everything. No, I'm I'm, I'm gonna make that my rule. I'm gonna I'm gonna like five things for every one thing I post. Oh, you're gonna have to watch those rants. What's can you pull up mine? I have a I don't yeah. want to start up my browser here and ruin everything. Uh, okay, so meanwhile uh, at Andrew Main, Drew Main. So Andrew has you've uh, tweeted twenty two and a half thousand and you've liked. Twelve and a half thousand. Which again, mm-hmm. that's that's not in any way an indictment. That is a testament to Kevin Smith's uh, huge generous. Oh, I, it's it's twelve thousand times better than you, Brian. I, I know. Uh, no, no, no. Actually, it's it's uh, it's, I believe a hundred and twenty thousand times better than me. Listen, by the way, Brian, there's a method to his madness. One like per, per president, and that's it. <laughs> that's all you get. <laughs> No, that's a good – that's a hook. Dude, no, this has just been a big blind spot. I'm so glad we're having this discussion because, like, like that is an irrational policy mm. because what's funny is I already had that breakthrough as far as following people back, yeah. as as did Andrew. It's like it doesn't cost anything. The fans love it. Uh, you know, go for it. It's interesting. But for though, some reason, I never mm-hmm. thought about it with likes. Well, at least for me, like, the like stuff is very, uh, like – Active. You have to hit. You are the one clicking like on a, a tweet, which is why I f- feel a little hesitation at the one at the one tweet and five likes ratio thing. Like I like I feel like you should at least start off pretty organically and see like if I was to make a statement that I enjoyed something on you know the next time I open up Twitter, what are those moments, and then try to set a, 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 a you know, number goal for I'm that, not but. saying it's a hard and fast rule, but it's uh-huh. like, you know, you should say t- three things for every, uh, that are nice for every one negative thing or whatever. You know, it's like, that's mm-hmm. what it should be. Like, in general, I should be showing appreciation for the content creation of other people more than barking like a dog. Yeah. I, I think whatever your formula, I think just it's it, it it is a tool to certain you know to to reinforce i and it's it's useful when people know that it's really you doing it too that's nothing too it's like yeah i'd like to think it's kevin smith who's liking those things but either way probably like somebody read this and i i do it because it's like some like if i say something stupid or whatever people get a funny reaction or people make comments on it it's like yeah i can't sit there and respond to everything not everything needs a response but just like 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 you know so they know and you read that and i and i i've seen the difference i've seen it I'm a very introverted kind of guy when left to my own devices, but I've seen it, you know, when people interact with me on Periscope or whatever, like they know it's a two-way street and that's what this is. It's a two-way street. A lot of people don't like that. They, and it doesn't mean – two-way doesn't mean that you have to 
we're not asking people to leave Diamond Club or the Twitch channel open 24-7 in their home, although they should. They really, really yeah. should. <laughs> should, um, though, yeah. Yeah, and actually, we are going to ask you to do that. That's going to be a new policy. But until that point, we weren't because it's not like, you know, we have to respond twenty four seven anytime somebody wants our attention. But when when the when the the shop is open, you know, that's why why I love Periscope, why I love stuff like that. Like, hey, doors open, coming in, let's talk. You know, my time is yours. Yeah, I'm a bad person. I wa- I'm sorry. No, I'm going to frame this positively. I was no, you're a horrible bad person. person. I was a bad person. But start, Today, you have been bathed in the waters and you arise a new man. Uh, you know what? Hold on. Let me, I have to like a friend of ours who just asked me to like him. Uh, uh, somebody says, gross, and how did this get in my feed, LOL? Going to like that. Where's my like, bro? Going to like that. Is a retweet equivalent to a like? Going to like that. Look, what's, what are my likes at now? <laughs> sure. They're almost double. Your <laughs> likes are at 49. It's not almost double at all. <laughs> Turn it over a new leaf. <laughs> Uh, anybody got any picks? Uh, oh, I even told you guys what my pick was going to be. Was it? Was it your, your television show? Uh, I've already um, forgotten. Uh, you son of a bitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my television show. Yes, television. Oh, you, you thought I was trying to tease I it out of you. you. Oh, yeah, yeah. My pick is my own, my own damn show, which is leaving <laughs> Netflix, um, which sounds like uh, uh, a, a reality show about quitting a cult. But no, what I mean is hacking the system is leaving Netflix. Uh, if you want to see it, if you never saw it, um, uh, I, it's it's uh, it's you got two more weeks. I like that IMDb artwork, icking the istum, <laughs> kicking the istum. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, man, I'm pretty pleased with that. Wait, wait, uh, go back to that for a second. Go back to that spread. That's uh, stars: Jason Murphy, Rod Harrow, Chachan Justice. Yeah, well, you know, you know what it is is IMDb is a fan run site, uh, and, and so the fans anyone hate you. Well, anyone can say, "Oh, I worked on that. I showed up oh, as this one thing." You, well, you know why? Uh, it's because just... a, a Jason Murphy is listed for three episodes, and Brian Brushwood is listed for unknown episodes. <laughs> That's because I haven't gone in there <laughs> to to fix any of that stuff. But meanwhile, like some of the folks, and and you know how it is. Sometimes they need they need more people to fill out a, a scenario or scene. And so it's like, those people are very aware. Like, well, I'm on this show. I'm going to get credit for that. It's like that you weren't listed in starring. That's know. fine. It's, it's probably for the best. It's, I, I mean, what did I do? So I just show yeah. up and Duh. ruin everything and be on the poster for it, whatever. Uh, no, no, no. But, but in all seriousness, um, uh, I'm, I'm really, really proud of that chapter of my life. I would love for you to see it. It would be a tragedy if you missed it while it was on, uh, Netflix. Uh, if you're in the United States, uh, open up Netflix and watch hacking the system. Hope you enjoy it. And, 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 and it's funny to see the DNA of what became, uh, the modern rogue in there. Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Somewhere. I know everybody of course watched the modern rogue. Uh, hey, so while I'm being bad at money management, the one thing that I do like that, uh, uh I do keep an eye on my money is uh, mint. I've used mint forever. It's got an app. It's got a, uh, uh, a web interface. Uh, it, you just plug in your bank account information into it and you can see it in charts and it breaks down um, in a, in a rudimentary kind of way, uh, what you're spending your money on. It lets you set goals that I don't use. Uh, and there are like plugins for taxes and stuff like that. But uh, it has just been a part of my life uh, forever, and uh, I'm glad I have it. I have two picks, and I'm trying to remember the name of one, which is great because it's great that if you have it and then you forget that you have it. 
Uh, the other pick is going to be, man, I watched this last night, and um, pardon me while my eyes are down here as I'm trying to find this app. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Were you distracted by the fact that I liked your tweet? Is that, was that, is that what yeah. was he exciting you? He liked me. He liked me. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, I watched the Ricky Gervais uh, movie, which is the follow-up to The Office, which is Life on the Road, which is the further adventures of David Brent. And I uh, just found what I was looking for. Uh, and uh, it's, I would say I enjoyed it. And what I enjoyed about it too was that, like, you know, the David Brent sort of the a lot of Gervais comedies about like let's just embrace this awkward and let and let this awkward situation play out. And sometimes I kind of, sometimes that humor at this point it's kind of like all right, I've seen this sort of stuff for you know almost fifteen twenty years now of this being a genre of sort of doing kind of entertainment. And after a while, it's like, okay, let's kind of see the next level. And I like this because I thought that we got David Brent and then we got a little bit more about the people around him where at first like, ah, oh, he's horrible. And then these people are all kind of jerks, but then it was nice. But man, like, like uh, I relate to his awkward so much. I relate to that on so <laughs> many levels, just watching him. It's just, it's like, yeah, that's me. I, I can see myself being like that. I see myself doing that. Not now. Aren't I hilarious kind of way, but like, Oh, that's sad. And I find that <laughs> frightening relatable. He's just so brilliant in, and I haven't seen this movie, but, but in, in especially the UK office, the character is just the, he wants to be loved so bad that he squeezes all the love out of his life. Right. Like it it is just always this like constant, okay, well, if I do this, they'll love me, they'll respect me. Or if I just tell this lie or cut this corner, everyone is going to look at me differently. And he just is always like, you know, he's given two paths and he always just picks the wrong one. It's it just, it's so great. I'm excited to watch it. A, a character in there describes him, says, you know, when he, when he talks to a woman, it's like watching Jenga. Like he just collapses, you know, I think <laughs> just falls apart. And, and I, like, I watched this, this is a situation like, yeah, like I've been in situations. Like I felt like that, like, man, like everything out of my mouth was the exact wrong thing for me to say at that moment. And I'm kind of watching myself do this and trying to recover and then not. And we get into this and I noticed this is a problem we all have. And some people have more than ever is that like, uh, you, we think that we can change people's perceptions, but just our words. You know, we think that we can just explain ourselves like, no, let me explain this to you. And now I'm going to change your perception of me. And that's a delusion that we get caught up into. And it makes things worse. And I've I've watching this in other people like I have, you know, friends who like I've done meetings with or whatever. And they try to explain themselves and it gets worse. And it's the problem is not that they're not articulating the right vision. It's just that they're articulating when they should just shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of thing. Um, But. Uh, the app I wanted to mention on the subject of finance is Acorns. And I've talked about this before. Uh, you guys ever use this? No. no. So what Acorns is, it's an app that when you uh, have it on your phone, you set it up, you link it to your bank accounts, and it will round up every purchase you make with the linked credit cards to like, you know, if you have a 24 cent purchase or dollar twenty-four, it'll round up the difference of like 76 cents and deposit it into like a mutual fund. So you can use kind of a just sort of a nice little, you know, 
broad sort of mutual fund. Don't get too crazy about mutual funds because once you get used, use index funds, guys, because anything else is just a scam. Um, you know, put it into like sort of a regular sort of mutual fund or whatever. And then what happens is that you just every time you make a purchase, a little bit of money gets deposited. A few cents at a time here, a few cents to here. You do not realize that it's there, that it's working for you. And then if you look it up at one point, you're like, hey, wait a second. I have a couple thousand dollars I didn't even think about. Um, and so big, big fan of that. You know, I had that where I'd forgot, you know, I realized I had it working and then, you know, I'm like, Oh, let me check, you know, like end of the year is doing taxes. Like, let me look. Oh, it was like $3,000 sitting in there. So it's a great way to passively invest. You know, one of the secrets to people who do really well, long-term investing is they develop a pattern, a habit where the first thing they do, the first 10% of the paycheck goes somewhere or whatever, and they don't touch it. This is a really good, if you're a very lazy person and you want to just do a little bit of investing, highly recommend it. Well, and by the way, it should not be understated that, um, you know, you uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, finance uh, guru Dave Ramsey talks about is, you know, finance is, you know, 50% uh, the numbers, 50%, or he says it's 10% the numbers, it's 90% behavior. And if this is a way to nudge yourself into responsible behavior where you just make one decision and just deal with it from then on, um, you know, that like the, the nudge unit in uh, England, uh, they, they, they tried doing all these big uh, things about why washing your hands is super important. They figured out, oh, no, no, wait, here's what we do is at the beginning of the workday, we stamp your hand with this vegetable oil that takes like six or seven washings to get it all the way off. And then, uh, and so sure enough, over the day, everyone's just like, ah, let me get the stamp off. And then they build the habits, and it turns out that the habits stick. And you never have to know that you're preventing the spread of germs. You never have to know that you're, you know, doing all this this social good or whatever. It's just you're busy wanting to get this thing off, and then you're you're done. And so, meanwhile, Acorn seems to be taking advantage of the same heuristics. Yeah, I think that you know we're gonna we're heading towards a future. I think where we're gonna start doing more and more of, you know. AI, artificial intelligence works against us in a lot of ways, like in Facebook. AI algorithms are there designed to steal our attention spans, right. you know, and, 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 and reduce our productivity. Um, and it's not a sinister thing. That's literally what the, the purpose of that is. The more time we spend looking at their advertisements, the more money they make, whatever. And But I think we're getting to a point where you can start using AI systems or, or just automatic systems to help us financially. And that can be... You know, right now, in a simple thing, it's just a thing that says, oh, every time you make a purchase, we're going to take that difference, put it away, which is great. And then I think we're going to start getting into, you know, price shopping that really benefits you, the consumer. And we're getting into, you know, more sophisticated systems that can start looking through your taxes and do stuff. But, you know, and then these things are going to get more complicated. It's going to be a very interesting area of financial technology. But starting point is just a little simple app that, you know, links to your bank accounts and puts money away. So. Dude, that's great. I, th- I oh. think I might have to make that happen. Yeah. It's one of the things I tell people, and then, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I should do it. And then I could talk to friends like a year later, like, if you did it, you probably like two or 300 bucks put away that you didn't realize. You know, um, not unlike uh, when, I, when I, I admonished several of my friends to buy Tesla stock back when it was like really low. Oh, guess who did? Guess who did? His mutual, his his retirement fund is higher than his wife's. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh, nice. there, was, there was some up, uh, ups and downs, but uh, but what? And and it's not a lot, but 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 it's it's yeah. it's enough that that it makes a chunk where it's just like like uh, that unit higher than my wife's fund. I don't have to check because I know exactly what's responsible. <laughs> Yeah, no, and then you know, I'm not not giving out financial advice to anybody. Oh, somebody could come. I wish I made enough money to save anything. Uh, you do it's the wrong attitude. You 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 figure out 
the habit is more important than the amount in the long term. Yep. It really is. Well, with one percent, two percent, the habit is more yeah. important than the amount. You with, know, with I, this I live a creative thing. lifestyle because yeah. I put money away for periods when nothing's going on. We'll live on that. Uh, well, with this acorns thing, like uh, uh, I, I definitely know I should be investing money. My issue is I have no effing idea what I should be doing. Right, like so, I don't know if I should take two hundred dollars in cash and give it to somebody. I don't know what a fund is or all right, you know, indexes. And uh, so, like I, at least with Acorn, it's like we're going to take this change and we have our recommendations. And I probably will trust this startup thing more than myself to find someone and make a decision. Honestly, well, the uh, uh, I'll tell you what this reminds me of is uh, in The Richest Man in Babylon, and I think I think we've talked about this before. But if 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 there's a bonus pick, this this I suspect would be a universal team pick. But The Richest Man in Babylon was written in the early 20th century as a series of parables. One of the one of the things they say is if a man were to go uh, to work every day and cross a bridge, and he vowed to every single day pick up one stone and throw it in uh, into the river. Uh, you know, by the time he's an old man dying, you know, there's going to be a dam there and he's going to have all the water collected in the world. Now, notice he wouldn't, you know, uh, 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 you know, skip a few days and then say, no, I'll just scoop a handful in now. It's like, no, 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 you, you throw one pebble every single day. And so likewise, basically, it makes the, the point in your lifetime, there is a finite amount of money that you will touch. You will die, be dead and buried, and there is a sum total of amount of money that ever went through your hands. And when you die, you can either have uh, invested 10% of that or not. And, uh, you know, and, and by the way, that number is not insignificant at, at, at 50, $50,000 a year, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, over, you know, 40 years, that's what a lot of money. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I, I probably should have known that number before I brought up that parallel. I, that the parable of the pebble on the bridge is one of my favorite ones. It's one of the things that affected the way I thought. And even like to writing, like that was the thing over a year ago. I said, you know what? Every day I'm going to write a thousand words for, you know, to do this. And, and I watched, I watched books accumulate. And uh, Bryce, the short answer I'll give you as far as investing is index funds are where they just invest in the overall market. That's the safest, smartest way to invest. Individual mutual funds, managed funds statistically perform worse than the market does. People just can't outguess the market. There are some tiny little exceptions to that, but ones where they're like, yeah, we'll manage this. We'll aggressively do this. This last three years, you know, we've had this return. Statistically, regression of the means, always some fund is going to do better for a short term. But as far as actually outperforming the market itself, just do what's called an index fund, which is just uh, a broad uh, investment in the yeah. top stocks. Full, full disclosure, all I do because I'm lazy is I do the Vanguard 500, which is an index fund that uh, that um, uh, just mimics the S&P 500. S&P 500, uh, the, I was told at some point, I don't know if it's true, uh, outperforms 80% of managed uh, mutual funds. The only – reason I bought the Tesla stock the time that, that Andrew was was encouraging me to do so was because I'm like, this is gambling money. This is on top yep. of my retirement. Who knows? It, and, and it turns out it's a lot of fun that the gambling money has doubled or tripled or whatever, right? It, it, that's that's the way you have to look at that. And I, I, you know, and that's the problem is I'll talk to some people who are like, oh yeah, I do like day traders and stuff. Like you're not an investor, you're a gambler. You found a different way to gamble, you know? And I, I only get into I only tell my friends about a stock or something when I've been following it forever and when I'm watching financial analysts talk about it and they don't get it and I'll be like oh they're wrong they're going to realize they're wrong uh, which what happened with Tesla which has been very interesting there are some short sellers 
There is like $4 billion in capital right now in, in trying to short sell a Tesla, betting that Tesla is going to drop a lot. And they keep putting money into this because if you say – the way short selling says is basically it says like Brian has a bunch of stock. I say, Brian, uh, let me borrow the stock from you and I will give that stock back to you in a year because I'm thinking that it will go down in value and it will cost me less to repay him that stock. Um, and what's happened is there's been some short sellers that like like over a year ago were like short selling Tesla thinking it was going to like collapse and the price kept going up. Not to say it can't fall again. It could. Who knows? A lot of things happen. But they're thinking that it was going to fall by now and it hasn't. It keeps it's going up to its record high. And now in order to keep that investment going, they have to keep paying the rent, so to speak, on the stock that they borrowed. Because because they, they, they feel like they're eventually going to be proven right, but in order to stay at the table, they have to keep feeding into it. Uh, uh, real quick, Matt, Matt at home uh, – or sorry, Matt B. at home says, for the self-employed, how do you say for the retirement – for retirement? That's what, that's what The Richest Man in Babylon is all about. Just go ahead and get yourself a copy by any means you can. It's, it's, I think the copyright might be expired. You might be able to get it for free. Otherwise, you could buy a paperback for $5. The entire idea is – a part of everything you own is yours to keep in your lifetime. If the first 10% uh, uh, is yours, uh, you, know, you may think like, oh, I thought everything I own is mine to keep. Yeah, but you don't keep it. You give it to your rent. You give it, you buy crap. And at the end of the month, you have less money than when you started with somehow. So instead, yeah, and- if you treat that first 10% as holy money and everything else comes out of it, um, uh, it changes your life. And I know this from from experience. There was a brief moment when I was uh, 27 years old and had just quit everything and had gone deeply into debt. I, if you if you tallied up all my debts and everything, I was in the hole $60,000 and I had my biggest uh, season ever. And I realized I ran the numbers. I was so excited. And I realized that if I didn't break a leg, if I made it to every single gig, if everything worked and I got all the paychecks, the best I could hope for is to get back to zero. Uh, and it was when I that was when I read this book and I realized that uh, and I put it into effect. And so what happened is, is at the end of the season, I was not back at zero. I was still $10,000 in the hole, but I had $10,000 saved in the bank for a retirement account, the peace of mind that came with that. I had never experienced that before. I didn't get out of debt until March of the following year. But when I did, my debt was zero. And for the first time, I had $15,000 saved or, or some some amount. And all of a sudden, like the peace of mind that comes from knowing that money is there is well worth the delay in gratification. So. Uh- it, it, in practical terms, what you want is a SEP IRA, SEP IRA, which is a, basically a self-employed. It's a simplified employee pension, which means one person can contribute to this pension plan. And when you have that, you're allowed to like the first like forty five hundred dollars or whatever that you contribute to that every year isn't taxed. So that's look into like an SEP IRA, which then means that you can you know put X amount. And it's and I understand it is hard. It's hard because you're thinking like, man, I'm just trying to pay my rent or try to stay ahead. You have to get into your mindset. Like the first check I write every month is to my health insurance, right? Because without my health, screwed. So health insurance and then it's saving. Health insurance and saving, the first two things. My car payments, the kind of car I get is based upon how much I already want to contribute to my retirement. You know, my budget for food, all these things. And I have friends that complain about like, I don't have money for health insurance. I don't know this. Is there sitting across me drinking, you know, $12 drinks in a bar? You know, I'm like, you got priorities. They're just in the wrong order, in my opinion. Uh, Agreed. Or you could look into a Roth IRA. Uh, I did a Roth IRA. Yeah, just just individual retirement account. So it's it's there are also we're not financial wizards and we're not giving yeah. advice. Also invest in in Merkins. 
Yeah. <laughs> They're coming Do back. Do something. Sure. Do something, you know, so. Yeah. Gentlemen, it's been after. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>